Hi, everybody. Welcome to BBS Radio with Meta Mondays with me, Adina B., where if it's not mainstream, it's on BBS. And this show is what we mean by that. Today, we are so lucky to have Eve Lorgan back with us. If you've listened before, you know Eve is an author, researcher. She's a consultant in and I always do this. And no, an anomalous trauma. <laughs> I even looked it up. I know what it's it hard to now. say. Yeah, I know. She offers hypnotherapy, coaching and telephone consulting services. So today what we want to do is talk about her second book. And that was the dark side of Cupid. Let me give you a few of the reviews that I have here. Through real-life experience, Eve Lorgan has developed knowledge and expertise on a subject that few professional counselors dare to tread, mostly because it is unfamiliar and untapped territory. While love is the experience that can excite us the most and sometimes bring out our best, it is also our most vulnerable spot through which we can be devoured. That's a... And you'll understand that when we talk. This is a book for both the practitioner and the experiencer, plus anyone else who wants to broaden their knowledge of the dark side of Cupid. Peter Moon, author of The Montauk Project. I'm going to read one more because it's just so good. The book aims to clarify to a wide audience how to up, how to wait, how up to date the interferences between our human civilization and other non-human civilizations are. Accordingly, the book raises the question if such interferences should be considered benevolent or malevolent. If questions be if questioning became inevitable, the answer is obvious. The human race must prepare for any eventuality, and this handbook may reveal to the reader as a good compass guiding out of the mists of time. And that was by Dr. Corrado Malenga, the University of Pisa, author of Aliens or Demons, The Fight for Eternal Life. I think you're taking on an amazing subject and you do it with such grace. Welcome, Eve. Oh, thank you. I look forward to our show today. Me too. So, Eve, I... I this is the book that I read first and this was the book that shocked me into realizing that I definitely have some of this going on over my lifetime. Can you tell us the difference between an alien love bite and a dark side of the Cupid arrow? I'm sure, although um, I think they're very connected in similarity in terms of like the dynamics of the relationship that can play out. Although um, the alien love bite, we talked a little bit about on our last show that uh, it was more uh, clearly identified through the subpopulation of people who knew they had multiple alien abduction encounter visitation histories where it occurred in their bloodline and they had these happen numerous times and during these encounters they were set up by their quote alien handlers to be set up within another romantic relationship with another partner who may or may not be an abductee but oftentimes was also 
And this was, you know, dual testimonies of mutual memories where people basically figured this out along with the whole clinical picture of the alien abduction syndrome. So that was pretty much clearly stated in the love bite in terms of the motivations of why this could be occurring and blah, 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 which, you know, I encourage people to read the book because there's still so much true even when I wrote it, it was like the year 2000, but it's still happening and it's still very relevant to what people are experiencing. Um, and The Dark Side of Cupid, by comparison, is about the dynamics of a, a relationship that has been or appears to be interfered with on a paranormal or supernatural level by a third-party entity or some form of hyperdimensional, transdimensional being that could play its mask as an alien but not necessarily so and that the one partner for example in the relationship may be hosting or be literally possessed by one of these um, interdimensional beings uh, like a reptilian or a draco or some other type that actually uses the person as a host to um, siphon emotional energy psychic energy sexual energy basically a vampire kind of operation but it's mediated through an entity working through either one or both people depending on how it plays out and so in the book i think i did something like four different four or five different distinct categories of the types of uh, reports that i have gotten over the years that describe a certain type of thing Um, for example one of them i just felt like that i needed to bring it up uh, was the types of let's say dark cupid relationships that people had come to me as a client for example where they had a girlfriend or a boyfriend depending on who they were that was involved in maybe high level channeling or had a spirit guide that was actually directing them to involve themselves with someone and then a whole drama played out that was very um, soulmate-ish right very very strong connection Mm-hmm. But they also had as if they were playing out a drama of mythical proportions so that it was as if these things were orchestrated so that the people literally played like a role as a puppet in some mythic drama. For example, like Osiris and Isis or they as, as if the entities were setting them up to be uh, like a Christ-like uh, avatar on a mission and mm-hmm. and really um, getting the people's egos activated so that they make these ego identifications with these archetypal uh, mythical drama figures and it, it's interesting because this has played out over and over again many times and it, they're not necessarily people who've had alien abductions but the drama and the dynamic of the energy vampirism and the manipulation is very similar because I think these beings do similar things that these aliens do and of course, it makes us question really what who aliens are, which many people have, just like Jacques Vallée. You know, these these beings play many masks and may manipulate our perception. So that's why I'm not uh, black and white. And when I say you know an alien's an alien, it could be playing many masks, and it really depends on its interaction and effect on you that really can determine uh, what its essence is, so to speak. So really. Um, this book is more about the hyperdimensional interference aspect within a love relationship where it's orchestrated and there's a definite sense of a third-party entity. And this was clearly um, shown in many of the case studies from uh, a lighter case study, for example, which really none of them were light case studies because they were all like definitely something weird going on, right? Mm-hmm. And then to the more dramatic ones like the um, 
I think it was Count Rockula and uh, one of the women in the last one of the last stories in the book where the guy was clearly possessed by a non-human entity and and she actually even saw this being uh, overshadowing him and saw it clairvoyantly as a snake face in fact it was more than one person who saw this same manifestation taking place in a shape-shifting kind of situation so basically you know we're we're seeing a lot of this in um what I call the psychopathic and the narcissistic personality disordered types of behaviors where there's actually a paranormal and a supernatural thing linked in with those behaviors that's clearly identified by witnesses. Okay. So this is why I think it's it's not just a simple personality disorder thing going on. We have something that's truly paranormal and truly supernatural in some cases and truly demonic. And so I even had cases that my mentor, Barbara Barthlick, had given me and i mentioned this in the last show and and where you know all these factors were actually presented and demonstrated within one case study and that's why her work and dr carla's work and my work i think are profoundly important because we're able to see how all these dynamics can play out within one case study if we know what to look for we know what kind of questions to ask and we don't just narrow in on one aspect of what we call the the narrative the of the alien ufology abduction narratives where they think it's well it's just the hybridization scenario and there these emissaries are going to help us spiritually evolve or the secret space program or whatever it is um, I think a lot of people are limited in their ability to perceive the wider picture because they don't do enough clinical work on their own over time to really observe these things by being open to seeing the whole uh, you know from negative to positive the whole thing okay that's what I want to get at now um, a lot of what you said, some people are not going to even understand. So what I want to tell them is how they would know if they're in one or not. And you do tell us how. So do you? could you give, I, I guess, the list of how someone would know if they're in one or not? Like what is their relationship like if they're in if their relationship is being tampered with, what okay. what are the? I I have the list, but I know you know it better than I do. <laughs> yeah, you know I could just um, recount what I call the red flags of mm -hmm. the dark side of Cupid, and this is actually a more uh, broader list than what I put in the beginning of the book, which talks about the um, holy triad, unholy triad of the dark side of Cupid where I, I limited it to like three main aspects that could determine if this is a dark side of Cupid. Um, it was like magical and supernatural events that are beyond the norm, um, feeling like it's your soulmate. Uh, and then another one was like the manipulation factor, uh, the emotional highs, the crashing lows that appear as if they're being orchestrated beyond your control. And then the psychopathic behaviors of a manipulative person with a almost a dual personality situation where there's clearly a psychopathic and a supernatural element existing together. And then I said basically if there's two of three of those components present, then you're most likely looking at a manipulated relationship basically. So but there's more. There's much there's more. more, and I could, I could, I could recount that, and I'll just read it out of the book because um, you have I, it. Uh, yeah, I have it right okay, here, good. actually. I'm so, um, 
for example, I don't know if you can hear me. Um, okay, I dreams, can. precognitive dreams of the partner before they meet you meet them, suggesting that there's you know sometimes you get their image blasted in your mind, um, you know a dream, and you meet them in a dream, and it feels real, and you're like, wow, this this person feels real, and then you meet them later, kind of thing. So it's like your precognitive aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, then you can have a real physical and energetic sensations in the solar plexus, genital gut, or other body areas like the chakras, for example, uh, which would suggest that there's an energetic linking going on between you and another being, and that's very distinct. Um, Astral sex visitations or telesthesia, sensing the energy body in a sexual way and very physically as if another being were present but invisible. So people had reported this in the course, the alien love bite too, mm-hmm. where let's say even if you just um, are thinking of them or kind of fantasizing or whatever, it could uh, as if as if it just brings that presence right to you in a way that's palpable and you feel like that you're actually um, interacting with them in a in a very strong mm-hmm. palpable way, energetically, sexually. And this can also happen with entities where, you know, incubi, succubi, or even reptilian beings will do this in particular. They're very sexual and they can come and have a type of, you know, they're invisible, but they're very palpable at the same time. And I actually have an example of that in the book on the Love Bite book um, Mm -hmm. of a reptilian. So that's one thing. Um, You have a strong psychic connection with the partner, even though you may not really love them. So it's like an unnatural bond, Mm -hmm. but you're like, why, you know? Yeah. Um, And okay, powerful sexual passion and obsessive need to have sex, even though you don't really love the partner or they don't really love you or they're even abusive. So it's almost like an addictive quality, which is what we called um, the love drug aspect. Um, Psychic responses and coincidences from either partner like receiving a phone call or email from your partner the moment you think about cutting off the connection. Mm-hmm. And that actually ties into what I believe um, not only paranormal telepathic signaling and pinging going on with the interdimensional entity acting through, let's say, one one partner, mm-hmm. but I believe now after observing that this has something to do with, I know it sounds complicated, the artificial intelligence technology connection and interaction with our consciousness. But we can talk a bit more about that later because that's yeah. It's separate. also it, it's also in in my field when that happens, it's supposed to be a really good spirit connection too. So that can go a few ways. Yeah, right. So it's independently, and we're looking at the whole clinical picture. So right. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So a sense of emotional or physical draining when you're interacting with them that's mm-hmm. suggesting you're you're getting drained. One partner becoming suddenly switched off emotionally or psychically unplugged. And, of course, in the alien love bite, sometimes that happened after a distinctive dream, like an abduction dream or it was masked. And you think it's just a dream and some something really happened. You were visited or astral invasion or something. And sometimes that causes that reaction. But people are unaware of what really caused it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or implant, you know. Okay, so feelings of being watched or being played like puppets in some drama myth, mm-hmm. like I just said. Paranormal activity, third-party entity visits or attacks like hyperdimensional, interdimensional beings, demons, for example. Sudden dreams and visions and or thoughts as if they're being implanted in your mind, almost like telepathic stuff, okay? Uh, obsessive thoughts that are not really usual for either partner. 
And of course, the synchronicities and the omens and the feeling of being in a magical reality. Mm-hmm. So that's um, the red, what I call the red flags. And if those kinds of things are happening, then I think it's suggestive of much more. Can I read all of them? You have a lot more that you didn't say. So can I just read them for the audience? Is that all right? Okay. This is, okay, guys. Now, I know that a lot of people are going to say, well, some of these are really normal. But when you have a lot of them in one relationship, Mm -hmm. I don't know. So one of them is, did the relationship seem to be manipulated or orchestrated from something else? And you felt like, I don't know why I'm doing this, you know, kind of like you are under a spell. Yeah. How, how did you feel the connection? Did you have a greater degree of passion? Did you feel this was way more than sexual? Did your heart area, solar plexus or other areas feel different for you? Did you experience a really higher degree of psychic phenomena or so much empathy for your partner? Did you you or your partner witness anything metaphysically unusual, any kind of spirits, um, people who have passed on during or immediately before the relationship? Did you or your partner experience like a total obsession with each other that wasn't usually what you're like? Um, Then there is a kind of emotional and psychic manipulation going on. Do you think that the person you're with is a psychopath? I know you're going to laugh. Do you think that person's a demon or a witch or Is that person um, possessed by something? What kind of behavior do you feel your partner has? Is that person manipulative, inflicting guilt? Um, Is, are they emotionally abusive possibly? So there's so much going on that this could be. And in later chapters, Eve will go on but these are really if if all those are going on in your relationship I don't know I think all of them taken together might be serious yeah yeah there was a questionnaire in the book um, in which I you know asked questions of all the respondents and then took a little bit of a you know statistics and it was it's actually in the back but uh, one of the things that I felt, you know, as a, as a therapist, right, is, is, you know, how long it took people to get over this or to mm-hmm. heal or to even understand or to navigate through this, this experience. And it was difficult for many who had no idea. And, and it seems to me that the one vulnerability that caused them to probably suffer more than they had to was simply due to lack of knowledge itself, which means there was nothing wrong with them. Except no for the question. fact that they lack the knowledge to understand that this actually happens and can happen. And this goes into what I think is the, you know, the censorship of what's really happening on many levels in our reality. And that if we, we have knowledge and that we can easily be forewarned to learn how to deal with this. So, but many of them did have like the more severe cases were those who had histories that involved 
alien abductions multiple times or what I call the Milab and Super Soldier or MK Ultra or ritual abuse histories. And I know many people who are not familiar with that subject or those subpopulations may not have a clue that to me, there's many people who just don't even know that it even exists in our reality. Some people may hear MK Ultra and that might be it, but really there's entire subpopulations who are involved with things that the unaware public who are not they have no idea that this exists and they and it's very shocking to them when they let's say meet someone and have a relationship with someone who has for example a super soldier uh, history and and it's very disturbing to them so sometimes that happens when it's let's say quote a normal and and they're linking up with someone who has an alien abduction history or they're from a high level bloodline family elite bloodline family for example mm-hmm. um or someone in mk ultra or someone who's you know uh ritual abuse something mm-hmm. like that so we do see these things happen and i think the higher the trauma in someone's life and the higher that they have an involvement with that mm-hmm. kind of history, the more probable they will experience something like a dark side of Cupid or a love bite. And so we talked a bit about that our last show that sometimes in some of these mind control projects, they actually set you up with a love bite that acts as a type of either, either the handler that sabotage you in your awakening process, or it could be other other factors. But I had to just put that in there because I know now that there's so much of that going on with, let's say, people who are awakening. Mm -hmm. And we actually did a discussion panel for like three hours uh, with five colleagues called Hyperdimensional Interference and the Keys to Discernment. We actually talked about, you know, the phenomena of interference from, you know, the macro level larger, let's say, in the world and how it happens politics and this kind of thing and then to the micro individual level in our own personal relationships our love relationships and how it kind of worked with the whole love bite thing and so it kind of gave an understanding from a broader perspective of how and why this takes place Mm -hmm. and and i think it's helped some people because many people have come to me with these typical dark side of cupid relationships but they didn't have no alien abduction history and the person right. they were with weren't necessarily that but because they were let's say uh, for example bernard gunther talked about his experience on this panel and he's been putting out videos and making movies of uh basically many topics that actually awaken people uh, certain conspiracy and spiritual conspiracy elements and so when he was doing that and going through his own process of awakening he got hit over the head with you know a few of these kinds of relationships and he talked Uh about that in his personal testimony so you know he's an example he's not an abductee but because of what he did as quote maybe a whistleblower or somebody who's presenting a lot of information in the public domain then they get targeted so this this can be a targeting type of phenomena as well that's how i found your book i i (laughs) And it was really, it was by grace because I had in my life several years ago, one of these relationships and I was really suffering and somehow, some way I found your books. And as soon as I did, it was done. Wow. I mean, it was done for me. Yeah, it was absolutely done. So it was, it was so helpful and it made me feel so good because I realized that there was really nothing to it. 
which I I knew anyway. Oh. But uh-huh. I realized all I had to do was say, oh, you know, go away. And it went away. <laughs> yeah. It went away. That's good. And I, it's good. I've never had an abduction. I, I don't. I don't remember going anywhere. No, I don't. I just remember the relationship coming on and and how it was. And just like, you know, the other ones, we were very separated. We never met. You know, we we never consummated anything. But it had the elements of abuse, um, a psychic connection. Wow. um, All of that stuff. But it, it wasn't... It didn't go sexually. It didn't go there. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing how, I mean, I really believe based on what I've seen over the years that there's definitely a spiritual, paranormal, supernatural element, even within um, hardcore mental illness. And, um, you know, somebody had just sent me a, a video on how certain police officers in, in major towns in the U.S. are actually seeing a, a drastic upsurge in basically demonic possession activity in certain kinds of criminal uh, arrests and murders and different things that take place that there has been an increase in unusual paranormal supernatural stuff and this is not just a simple <coughs> excuse me personality disorder kind of situation and I think in reality that if there's someone that actually can perceive, much like a, a really good psychic, you know, if you could really perceive on that level what's happening on multiple dimensional levels, you're actually able to see through simple psychological, um, academic, educational, how they define mental illness, for example, in the DSM mm-hmm. and personality disorders or neuroses or whatever, that they define it in a certain way and then they state that it's only a psychological thing, blah, blah, blah. But really what we're knowing in, in many shamanic cultures and indigenous cultures, they have been able to identify it's much more than simple psychology. There's actually the element of another entity linking in with someone and that's why it's so complicated. I have a hard time with this uh, and because I really truly believe there's one of us that we're all the same consciousness. I I just do. And I believe that um, nothing can hurt us when we're evoking our true spirit. So uh, sometimes I just I really don't understand this. I don't understand. There is no hell. I don't believe it. I don't believe in evil in that way. I just believe evil is our fear. So I have a lot of, um, I guess, blocks when it comes to this. Yeah. I mean, even observing psychopaths and uh, narcissists, I mean... No, that I understand. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because a lot of times it starts out with, um, let's say, severe trauma where a pervasive personality disorder is manifesting. But but I have talked to clients where it really wasn't the case as if somebody was actually born demonically possessed. And there are a few cases of that, and it is unusual. But I know that there is a reality. There is a supernatural reality after being involved with this for so many years that there actually is something very real that defies psychological assumptions Mm -hmm. and understandings of what people think reality is. And, uh, you know, so I hate to beg the differ, but, you know, I, I know that I know better now because, you know, I was tricked even in my own life. 
people tell me all the time that I'm naive and that, you know, you can think whatever you want, but there is a dark side. And I've just never experienced it until I've had some of those relationships and they didn't start until just a few years ago because uh-huh. I, I I think because I was in the public a little more than I was. Oh. And um, I had also gotten um, opened up to many more psychic ability that I hadn't allowed before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, they don't want I mean, there are, I think, some who would want us to stay unaware so they can manipulate and for me this is about uh, energy feeding vampire kinds of tactics by these hyperdimensional beings for lack of a better mm-hmm. term and that's why they do what they do so loose feeding operation and a loose feeding farm and it's kind of shocking because it really shakes our sense of what our worldview and our spiritual worldview has been what we've been taught in a, in a lot of religions and uh, it does cause us to question. It really does. And I think that, you know, we should really, no matter who you are, no matter what you're doing, I think we should protect ourselves, at, you know, once a day. How would you suggest we do that? Well, you know, before you even get out of bed while you're still in that relaxed state, um, do prayers or um, positive intentional statements with, um, you know, putting in that feeling of, you know, you're going to you know, be focused and happy and practice kindness and compassion and your spirit is going to be with you in awareness and lucidity and, and making those intentions so that you, you keep that focus and that intention when you're still kind of connected when you're in a really relaxed state. I think it helps in a, in a state mm-hmm. of relaxation. So doing that, like, as you get up in the morning and before you go to sleep and um you know actually i found that there's quite a, an effect on consciousness of the video uh internet as well as um television mm-hmm. and certain types of movies like i'm um, trying to reduce the watching violence and um like dark themed just bad energy stuff mm, okay um, yeah because mm-hmm. i noticed that it can affect consciousness and i've had people re- that yeah even even on they believe that there's artificial intelligence and there's actually things that are actually coming through um more the internet and social media and and videos and tv that are are actually linking in with something that is supernatural or wait 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 wait. like mind control stuff like subliminally in there well it's more than just subliminal and i mean i've had people privately report this to me for years now that there's actually something that can come through technology in a way that affects our consciousness in a way that if we're not very lucid and aware to stop that compulsion or the attention being drawn away or compulsively doing something then to be mindful of just be just be mindful of what your attention is on with respect Hmm. to the computer and the televisions and movies Uh because there's all kinds of programming already in these things but i think there's something else on top of it that's coming through that has to do with uh, black magic to be honest i know it sounds paranoid but you know i get a lot of reports from people so (laughs) i can't ignore that you know i believe it because there was a show that was very popular years ago and i refused to watch it i wouldn't watch it and finally when my son went to college he said while i'm gone 
You have to watch it. And it's not my type of show. It's violent. And I became addicted to it. So I believe it. What show was it? Breaking Bad. Oh, okay. Well, there's some amazing shows that are – I mean, I only watch Netflix, but there's one called The Dollhouse, which is a lot like what happens in some of these MK Ultra types of programs, although TV always lightens it up a bit. In, in reality, it's much, much more uh, technologically advanced as well as in larger numbers and what they present – um, like the Jessica Jones series, the X-Men, and there's a lot of, you know, of course, the Matrix movie was a classic. But mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that are actually as if they're telling us in these movies and shows what they're really doing. And then we're actually years ahead in our technology secretly, you know. Mm-hmm. So and they can be addicting. I mean, hey, I know. And, and I really do. I shouldn't be watching them. I know that. So, <laughs> OK, now. I don't want anyone to get paranoid that they're in one of those relationships because they have some of those um, qualities. So how can you tell the difference between your normal relationship and one of these? Well, I mean, if there's persistent paranormal activity that appears to be trying to, let's say, break up the couple and to destroy a good love connection, then there's something there. And, um, of course, the energy vampirism aspect. Um, So really, I mean, I would treat, let's say, if these couples were coming to me and they were having this, I would, of course, encourage, you know, what they do in standard marriage or couples counseling where, you know, we learn how to communicate in a safe way and learning how to identify what we're feeling, what we're needing, uh, what our emotional triggers are or certain triggering behaviors by the other partner. And learning how to communicate in a safe way so that it doesn't escalate into what I call the below the belt, really mean behaviors and statements that basically cause a relationship to dissolve, like when people are just really mean to each other. Mm-hmm. So learning how to have these skills to communicate and learning how to be aware of your own process. For example, what's your own history? Is there early trauma that has caused you to have a super sensitivity to abandonment, but it gets on overboard so that you get triggered every time the person does something that really doesn't mean anything, but we get triggered. Yeah. Or, you know, ongoing addictions, um, addictions, right. to alcohol, drugs that cause compulsive behavioral things that emotionally neglect and cause problems in the family or um, mm-hmm. a sex and porn addiction could be dangerous to the relationship as well, because it actually they've, they've learned now. I think it actually changes the wiring in the brain in the associations made in the sexual response in the brain, especially young men and teenage boys that, that they get addicted to porn before they mature, that it actually changes their brain and the way their sexuality and brain function and their arousal mechanism. So certain kinds of things are actually dangerous for a relationship. But many people, this is what I noticed, society has normalized a lot of uh, corrupt behaviors and uh, say misogynistic views and fraudulent businesses, uh, maybe normalization of addictions. So there's a lot of things normalized in everyday relationships, even in the dating game, for example. Mm -hmm. That's completely dysfunctional, and and it just basically proves that we're in a society that's not really dealing with their stuff. 
and that it's actually quite disrespectful to women in particular uh, by assu- mm-hmm. assuming that they have less value simply because of their gender. And this happens in the, the job market and also in relationships. In other cultures, it's more pronounced, for example. Mm-hmm. So even in you know regular counseling, I go through all the things that in order to have a healthy, good relationship, you know, you got to go to the fundamentals of, of truly respecting one another and what they need as that gender and as, you know, a male and female or, you know, there's certain needs and things that we need to respect for one another so that we don't take it personally that somebody intends something mean or nasty when in reality they don't mean anything nasty at all when they do something. Uh-huh. So just learning how to communicate alone is enough to help uh, strengthen the love relationship. So, I mean, sometimes you just have to do the healing work, which means going into your own personal history and trauma resolution and um, knocking out the addictions and the compulsive behaviors that are detrimental to a relationship. So I would really counsel similar the same, except when they've got an entity and they've got stuff, that means they gotta they got to deal with the mind control, the manipulation, and the spiritual attached entity thing. So they mm-hmm. got to you know do the clearings, do the implant removals, um, remove the attached entities if they're present, um, do their contract revocations, and to stop doing the behaviors, which actually open the doors for demonic activity. Uh-huh. So, yeah. And I, that, that's a lot of basics, but sometimes people don't want to stop, let's say, a methamphetamine addiction or a porn addiction, or they're just a blatant um, alcoholic or a drug addict. And those things are going to contribute to the weaknesses and the doors being open to some of these forces. Right. Um, I know. You also, um, you will say, you say that you, they, they it could be a psycho, a psychopathological partner or it could be the unseen paranormal influences. But you also put down a few things. Um, It could be financially or economically compromised. It could be financially well-off or recently came into a lot of money. It's they're attracted to powerful people as in the entertainment industry, music, religious people involved in a healing profession such as social work, counseling, nursing, psychic, intuitive work, involved in research into the paranormal, spirituality, and their soft shy a soft-spoken shy mm. or lacking assertiveness Assertive, yes oh that's a big one let me tell yep, you that's, i know well, I that. that's a, a big one for women mm-hmm. or women from certain cultures or certain age groups where you know um you're basically not supposed to be a bitch or be confrontive or be assertive and so that lack of assertiveness can actually hurt you in relationships where you just end up being a doormat all the time and then you'll attract people who want to control you because they think you're easy that way and so you may be linked up with a controlling partner that treats you poorly and it goes from bad to worse because you have to eventually confront and be assertive to what you know is right and good in your heart and soul and learn how to Mm -hmm. communicate that effectively so that's one of the things that I help people with is the communication skills and um, but in this book I mean there were many who you know if you're compromised in any way let's say the weak points in your life if you're always struggling for survival mm-hmm. and a lot of people are that they they can't really they don't have the time or the energy or the money to do let's say a lot of the healing work or the therapy or um, sometimes for example if you're in a 
a bad relationship. This this happens in a lot of the poorer cultures um, where you're in a marriage but you can't afford to leave, uh, especially of a woman, let's say, and you have several kids and the the partner is controlling and controls all the finances and then then you can't leave because you're literally in bondage and sometimes you have to plan for many many years to make the escape and it really is like a escaping prison for for some people in relationships like this mm-hmm. and i found that you know the money thing it's interesting you yeah. could be poor and so let's say someone's controlling the money and that's hard as it is but in the super wealth and the women let's say or men if you're connected with someone married to someone with super wealth in terms of a a relationship or a divorce where um, sometimes it's more difficult and there's more difficulty that you don't have justice because you can't afford it or the one who controls the money controls justice Uh so that can happen in these relationships that you know there's more of a dark influence on super wealth and we see this with you know like the super duper, super duper wealth. Okay, that there's a lot of high level forces that they do. They can do whatever they want, regardless of the judicial laws in your state or your country or whatever. It doesn't matter who has the money and that kind of control can basically control what happens to you. So, yeah, there's different factors in this. And um, could I ask you a question? Yeah, sure. Okay. What would you think of a couple that met and there was a big age difference and um, they were completely the opposite and they totally didn't belong together, but they ended up getting married and they were married for 25 years, really, but they could never, ever go on vacation or not worry about finances and they they were very emotionally kind to one another, but it was constantly it was a tragedy every day, li- literally, and um, money, all of that stuff, people dying. I mean, it was constant. Wow. W- would you think they would be in that kind of relationship? It's possible. I mean, it almost sounds cursed. Yeah. Although, although yeah. many people do, like in other countries, it, life is very, very hard. Um, you know, like Eastern European countries, but to some countries, it's, it's just very, very hard. And, and, and it does put stress on relationships. And um, you just so, never know. Yeah, really. okay. Yeah. You, you can't tell. That's why I'm trying to get some kind of way to tell people if you are or you're not, you know, because it's easy yeah. to get, it's easy to get paranoid now thinking, oh, my yeah. God, this is it. Like I'm in one now, you know, and it doesn't mean you can't um, deal with it. I mean, that's something that I talk about in the book that there's no reason why the people can't work through it, if especially if they really love each other. Um, but more often than not, you know, one partner or the other, they're not willing to deal with right. their own stuff um, psychologically. So they, they're not willing to admit or go to resolve their, their traumas or deal with their addictions or, or their ego is too, um, yep. you know, un, unrelenting. And so, you know, it's just, it's just like humility, basic humility and kindness and love goes a long way into resolving some of the biggest problems. And that really what I'm finding is that um, spiritual power and virtue 
it comes with virtue and humility and love and discernment and that when you can kind of release the ego having to be right or wanting to harm or punish someone else yeah. just because you're mad at them and blame, uh-huh. blame, blame. And really, you know, kindness goes such a long way and, and humility, there's, there's a grace that comes with, this is what I see as spiritual grace will come and be with you in, in a powerful way when you're able to release the, the selfishness of the egotism and having to be right and kind of like a humbleness of wanting to do the right thing because there's an essential goodness that's shining forth from the true essence of your being. That gives you true spiritual power to overcome. But there's some people who want to hold on to the rage or hold on to their mm-hmm. ego or to be right or their compulsions, their addictions, their demons. Mm-hmm. And, and then, then dark forces work through them. And more powerfully so i see it as there is a battle between essential good and and ignorance and evil and and i think ignorance is is excusable but those who do things to desire to cause harm and suffering or to desire for the sake of greed because they haven't let go of their ego or they they don't have that kindness in them mm-hmm. then the the dark forces are just going to work through them i know, you know? eve that was really beautiful and that's grace and I always try when I can to just say to myself make it a win-win you know make it win-win they win you win and it's all win-win and that's really I think what we're supposed to be doing as humans Um, one of the things I wanted to ask is why do um, the aliens want to break people's hearts well I think I mean, and sometimes they want to put people together and for them to feel all this love and emotion. Um, But it's usually to feed off of or because it's something they don't have or they want to study for another project they're working on. But more often than not is they want to feed off the emotion of the pain and the suffering and the yearning, which is the drama of the love obsession is is a very high energetic thing for people who feed like emotional feeders they feed off drama and and you'll see this that there's some people who literally feed off of and want to always create this chaos and drama in other people's lives and they're actually it's like the emotional vampire yeah kind of person and i talk about that in the book like the yep. difference between the emotional vampire and the true psychic vampire it really has a more of this paranormal shit's going on that's above and beyond simple emotional stuff um, so let's talk so, about it. What's the difference between them? Well, I mean, I think I've seen emotional um, vampirism in people who have, uh, let's say, certain personality disorders where they haven't really dealt with all their stuff, okay, where there's, let's say, hidden trauma and they've shut mm-hmm. it down. So what happens is when we shut down and become numb and don't want to go there because we don't want to feel those bad feelings, it actually shuts us off from the power of our own spirit and our own heart so that in order to feel alive, we need to have more and more drama mm-hmm. and more and more sensation and, 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 and the constant need to feed off other people's emotions. Even let's say like the whining victim. I mean, I've had that where right. you know, you got the whining victim who always has to call you and tell you about their problems, but things <laughs> never change yep. and then after you're done talking to them you're like f- totally drained you're like something really strange is going on here but you're totally drained and then they feeling better and they're all chipper but nothing ever changes in their life because they keep coming back and doing the same thing over and over again right so that's that's an emotional vampire and they're usually just more of emotional feeders because they disconnect from their own heart they shut that down that means they have to externally get it from someone else 
But okay. basically, they're good people. I'm really, they're not. No, I, they're not like evil or hosting. No, no, like not that. at all. They just, they just haven't dealt with their shit, basically. Right, that's and all it is. Not, and they're being unconscious of what they're doing. They don't really yes. know what they're doing. So those people, they're not to be necessarily blamed, but they just need to go to therapy, reconnect with their heart, resolve the initial trauma so they could reconnect with their true source of their being. And then, then you don't need to do that to other people, right? Right. Mm-hmm. But the the psychic ones, I mean, they're real and they're they they either are genetically that way. I mean, I've heard there's there's actually true vampire races. You oh know? my god! And, okay, and so most of them are really energetic vampires. Most most of the time, it's more of an energetic thing than a blood thing. But the blood thing happens too. So so who that are one of the cases? Who, yeah, who are psychic vampires? Like, what are they? Who are they? What? Um, I believe, based on what I've seen, is that they're actually linked in with a different type of soul or a overlay of another interdimensional entity that's feeding and using them as a host. And they will literally link in with energy tendrils and know how to manipulate someone very well because it's as if they have uh, advanced psychic and telepathic abilities to do this on a whole other level that's above and beyond an emotional vampire. So I talked about that in the book where it talked about, you know, the energy tendrils and their auras and how they do things. And, um, and for example, in a vampire situation where let's say the vampire who's energetically feeding, they'll actually choose a target, find a similarity where they lock on to the same frequency, maybe on an emotional level. And then they know how to link in energetically so that they could amplify their sexual drive. Mm -hmm. And then once they have, um, they don't even have to have sex with them, but oftentimes they do. And when they link into their chakras and their energy centers, it can create a strong telepathic connection with the other person where the victim literally feels um, linked in and has a, may have a love obsession for, quote, the vampire. But it's only because they're linked in energetically, even on a soul level, because they've linked into the chakras. So that means you actually feel and you will, may feel love of obsession for the one who's vampiring you, but the vampire is just doing this for a feed, and they really <laughs> don't love the person, but the other person actually loves them because they're linked in through the heart and through these other chakras, and it can create the love of obsession, which is why when I when I saw that about vampires, it's, it's very, very similar to the, the love bite when they're just using another being mm-hmm. um, through someone to, to do this. Right. So it creates a whole love obsession thing because you've got the telepathic linking, you've got right. the soul connection. And even when you break up with them, for example, that link may stay for a long time. Yeah. And, and these people who are like these professional vampires, for lack of a better word, they can do that. They have these superior supernatural types of abilities that go above and beyond like a normal freaking emotional vampire. Right. You know? So yeah. Yeah. it's distinct, very distinct. Yeah. So I know that um, taken all together, all of these different, uh, I want to say, vampires and aliens, there are many different ones. And they're here. I mean, they're living among us. They are. They're being human. But they're not human. Mm -hmm. (laughs) How can we we tell? I think that's something that, well, it's... 
it's good to be clairvoyant and be able to have the uh, discernment to feel or sense this, but not in a way that demonizes unfairly other people who right. may have just a simple personality disorder exactly. or addiction and they're just acting like an asshole, you know? Right. It's, it's, there are real ones, but it's dangerous to demonize people. So I know that this is real. And but I wouldn't want to say this in a black right. and white way where it says, Oh, well this person's obviously You're a right. human. So we really have to do this on our own discernment level where we just navigate around it. We don't make a big issue out of it. If we need to confront we should, but only in a way where it's safe and it doesn't cause like a huge problem for us later and backfire. Okay. And I don't mean to be a no, I mean, no, I, be- I believe in confrontation where it's necessary, but I don't believe in unnecessary confrontation where you do something that could be actually harmful for you or others. Right. Plus, you know what? If we protect ourselves and we remain conscious, it won't happen. I'll just do that. I'll just say that, okay? Uh, yeah, be conscious and very discerning and knowing truly that knowledge that this exists is, is one sure way to protect yourself. Knowledge alone is enough to protect yourself. Exactly. So, Eve, can you tell our audience what you do and what they can reach you for, the services you give? Um, well, okay, I work through telephone, Skype, video conferencing for consulting, hypnotherapy, um, and I also write. I have a blog, even though I haven't kept up with it as much as I should. So you could reach me through my website at evelorgan.com, and of course my books through amazon.com. They're both available, hard copy and Kindle. Mm-hmm. So, um, Or just email me if you have a question, and um, that's and probably... it's evelorgan.com at gmail.com and her site is it's is it Eve Evie? Lord- is it no, Evie? It's actually evelorgan.com is my okay. website. Okay. And yeah. so you can contact her there. Also, you can go to askadina.com. I am going to start putting links to everyone I interview up there too. So you can reach her. You can just, uh, I think this is really amazing. I'm still freaking out. So it's, (laughs) and she's really wonderful. So please, please get her books. Um, If you feel that any of your relationships have a lot of these kind of qualities, please get her books. Eve, I have loved interviewing you. I think we have more shows. I do. <laughs> Thank you. I do. So we're going to work on that, okay? Okay. That okay. sounds good. There's always Thank- something to talk about. Thank I you. I know. Thank you. <laughs> okay, Alrighty. everybody. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.